Hey y'all, it's time for some damn good content. I'm Shelby Claymall, your host and business bestie. I'm a content creator, social media manager, and coach, keynote speaker, wife, and a mama of two who ditched her nine to five to build a thriving multi six-figure business solely using social media. Just like you, I'm a working mom and a wife with limited time. So I'm committed to cutting the fluff and delivering tips and fresh ideas straight to your earbuds on how you too can harness damn good content and create that type of business that you love and are proud of. Each week, we'll deep dive into strategy and mindset of building your brand on social media so that your confidence and success in the online space can skyrocket. Get ready to step outside of your comfort zone and start creating some damn good content. Are you ready? Let's freaking get it. Hey guys, welcome back to Damn Good Content Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Claymall, and I have literally freaking chills. The one and only Jasmine Starr here with me today. Y'all, seriously, if you've been following me, you know exactly who this is. But if not, don't worry. I'm going to let her introduce herself in a minute. But let's go back down memory lane really quickly for you. March 2020, Social Media Marketing World was my very first social media conference. And I was still in corporate. And I was like, I am miserable. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. And all of a sudden, I remember sitting in this huge dark room. And all of a sudden, this firecracker of a woman comes on stage. And like my insides were like, holy shit. If she can do this, I can do this. And like truly, Jasmine, I don't think you've ever known that or heard that story. But like from that moment on is when I started following you. I was like in your DMs all the time talking to you because I was like, she changed my life for the better. So thank you. Okay, wait, Shelby, pause. Like I am just, I'm okay. So what, what about that when you said if she's doing it, I can do it? Because sometimes I don't know how to see myself. So what, what did you see? How did, what happened there? Wait, so that's actually a great question because like literally someone asked me that. I was on a podcast earlier and they were like, what do you mean? Like, what did you see in yourself for the confidence to say something like that? And I was like, I don't know if it was like, you were just such, so confident in yourself and telling your story and like demanding your presence. And it just like you were beaming with happiness. And it's to the point where like, I knew that I was meant for something more. And I still was like struggling on my journey of like, what? am I supposed to be doing? And I don't know. I really truly think that God was like, you have to get to this conference and you're going to have to see her on that stage because like you lit such a fire in me when you were telling your story about like how you were going to be a lawyer and then you just quit and you're like, I'm going to pick up a camera and then I'm going to tell JD, like he's just going to be my second shooter. We're just going to do the damn thing. And like, that's just what it is. And so it was just like to the point where it was like, you were demanding so much confidence in like basically speaking to me even though you don't probably remember or you don't really know how you do speak to somebody but you inspired me so freaking much in that moment just by being 110 percent yourself and so like I think that that was just like so amazing that you know what I have to say that's the nicest thing because if you had said there was something particularly moving or powerful or the way that you yeah I don't know anything anything but the fact that you had just said you being you allowed me to be me I was like well hot dang I can continue being me so this is good great yes so oh my god so thank you so much for being here I really just like really want to give back to my community and let them know like who you are and how you've changed my life sorry my kid is right there hi buddy okay see you later it is all good, Shelby. We need to just let that roll because I have no doubt Luna will be waking up from her nap soon. I'm like, this is life. Like we are out here having business and yes, life. So it was all good. So, hey, um, I just want you to give us a lowdown of like who Jasmine Starr is. So tell us like a little bit of your journey and who you are, just because my community definitely knows from me talking about it. But like, let's just kind of get it from your perspective as well. 
you, so what I'll do is I will leave it in the nutshell version and then it will come yeah. out over time as we continue the conversation. Yeah. But like you had mentioned, I dropped out of law school. I'm a first generation Latina and it was like a big deal for me to go to college and it was a big deal for me to go to law school. And I felt like I was letting a, a lot of people down. But one thing I knew was that I was so unhappy. And at the time, my mom had a relapse of brain cancer and it was kind of like a reckoning of life of what do you want to do? And are you living your fullest? And that has been the theme of every single part and iteration of my life. And a lot of times people will say, well, you've done a lot of stuff in a short amount of time. And I just think like life is really short. And if I am not living to my highest purpose, and if I am not really fulfilled, then I'm robbing God of the reason why I was put on yes. this earth. And so yes. that's why I, I really tell people like, whatever it is you want to do. And I kind of feel like I jokingly say that I'm like, your biggest Latina hype woman. Cause if you tell me yes. you just want to like mate bullfrogs and sell them online, I'd be like, ribbit, ribbit. Here we go. Like, yes. I always think like, what are you meant to do? Because if you love what you do and you're just about it, like you're obsessed about whatever this random thing is. Great. Let's get it on the internet and let's start making money. And Thank so, you. you know, I started off a career as a photographer, got awards, started traveling internationally for my work. And then all of a sudden I realized that I had reached like a peak of my career in market. And I was like, I think that there's something else for me to do. I started creating online education and consulting with other businesses. And then I realized, wait, I think that there's something more for me to do. I started creating online courses and it was great and it is great. And then I realized, wait, there's still more for me to do created a membership. And then I realized, wait, wait, there's still more for me to do. So I created a tech SaaS company and wait, there's still more for me to do. And that's where we're at right now. And yeah. here's the thing. The story isn't about me. The story is about somebody who's listening right now who has an inkling or a scratch. If you have a little bit of an echo of somebody, something, somewhere whispering that there's something a little bit more for you to do, then it is your job and life purpose to be unrelentless to figure it out. Because if you don't, you will be living an unfulfilled life. And I have to tell you, life is too short not to play a bigger game. And so I think that's one of the reasons that you and I connected deeply, Shelby, is because we believe that to our core and are yes. willing to take what other people think are like uh, big bets. And we just yes. think, yeah, it's a bet, but like uh, the, the losing side is staying exactly where I am. Exactly. Boom. Oh my God. Like this makes my heart just happy. Number one, because you're here, but number two, because like just them hearing like, Sometimes I feel like such a broken record when I speak to my community and I'm telling them like, chase your dreams. Like if you have like any part of you that really wants to go for something, just try it, risk it. Like what is there to lose? Like if you can actually weigh out all of the scenarios of like worst case scenario and you can live with that, then it's time to make a move. And so like, I think it's so cool to have you here and, and to like reiterate that. So I want you to take one, just one quick step back because a lot of the people within my community are living in fear and like scared of A, what the world's going to think. Or B, what if they fail? What was in that moment that you were like, JD, like I'm quitting? Like, what were you feeling internally? Not necessarily like what he thought or your family thought, but like, what were you feeling to make that leap? More than anything, it was, um, I, I sometimes I wish that I had a better story to tell, right? Yeah. I really do want that after school special. I want that slow clap. I want the Hallmark Christmas fuzzies. And it was kind of just like, I was at a really low place in my life. And I thought, I don't actually have a lot to lose. I didn't have, yeah. I didn't have money. I was in law school. And so I, it's not like I had a career. Uh, I didn't have an expensive lifestyle. It was kind of like, if you're going to take a risk, you don't have much to lose. Right. And I do think that a lot of the things that people say stop them, which is true, 
It's a fact. It's a fact that you feel you don't have enough money to go and do something. That's right. that's a fact. You could say you're in debt. Being in debt is a fact. You could say you don't have um, proper education. It's a fact you don't have a degree. But I never question somebody's facts. I question the belief that we apply to those facts. Right. Because if you tell me I'm in debt and I can't pursue my dream. Okay. Yeah. But if you tell me I'm in debt and it will be long and it will be hard, but I can create a plan to slowly pay off my debt to pursue my dream, I will apply the same way. Right. Well, right. Yeah. And so I think that early on realizing that each progressive pivot in my life, there was more at risk. Mm -hmm. That was a fact. I had, uh, you know, bought a condo, then bought a house, bought nicer cars, bought a different house. And so with every progressive pivot, the greater risk there was to lose the thing that I had worked so hard to build. But the flip side of it, it is a fact. It is a fact that things could go sideways. That's a fact. But the belief I place on that fact, am I a loser? Am I a failure? Did I do things wrong? Or did I say I learned a lesson? If I build it once, I could build it again and this time faster. I'm stronger. I'm smarter. I'm more willing. Like if you don't take me out, I'm coming back. So you better start running. Like these are the beliefs that we apply to facts. Yeah. And so I actually love that because like you started with zero money, like you said this. So Mm -hmm. I really want to like kind of go into the pivot of like the power of social media and how you built your brand so powerfully with no money, with no experience. Like, how did you get from point A to point B, C, D, however long it took you to get to where you are? Because a lot of times, like, I'm a social media manager. And so basically, there's a lot of times I fight with the whole, well, I don't really need social media. I don't think it's going to work. Or I'm just going to throw something up because there's no really strategy behind it. Can you give us a little bit of, like, the importance of social media when it comes to be, when it comes to building your brand or you as a small business? So... You know, the crazy thing is, is however you found your path to success, it becomes like a benchmark. So if somebody had said, you know, my path to success was digging holes in Missouri and you're going to say everybody just needs to dig holes in Missouri. So I'm going to start off by stating the obvious. I believe the quickest path to success is to do what I did because I'm the least qualified, unfunded, unconnected, on all the things to be doing what I did. So I'm just saying, listen, if you're like me and you're under all the uns, then why not try it? So the path that I created in the beginning is the path that I wholeheartedly believe now 15 years into the game. And that was simply, I had nothing but a free blog. And all I did was create content explaining who I was and what I did. Now, it was the same principle starting with a blog, moving to a website, moving to Twitter, moving to Facebook, moving to YouTube, moving to Instagram, moving to Snapchat, moving to TikTok, same principle. So if somebody is like, I am, this is the story I hear often. I'm a nobody trying to do with something when nobody's paying attention. Yeah. And nobody will pay attention until you realize, like no one's going to care about you until they realize that you care about them. Right. And so I've seen your podcast grow. I've seen your business grow because you just ooze care. People are like, Shelby cares about me. And so then how do we distill what caring is? 
caring as perceived online. And here's the thing. Like sometimes people hear me talking. It's like it's very analytical and data driven. And I'm sorry. I wish I could be more like fuzzy about it and be like, oh, create content. It's fun. And I'm like, no, no, no. Create content because it makes you money. And so if we understand the psychology of why we do what it is we do, how do we understand the psychology of an emotion like caring? How do your listeners know you care about them? Yeah. You respond to their comments. You repost their post. You you are in your DMs. You're engaging more than you're getting engagement. Clarify. Shelby is engaging more than she's getting engagement. But here's what happens. She does it once. They like her. She does it twice. They like her a little bit more. She does it three times. They trust her. Then they're the ones leading the engagement. And now Shelby is responding and less engaging. And so what happens is that when we put out content and it gives us the opportunity to show that we care about somebody, then somebody is no longer making an intellectual decision. They're making an emotional decision because when somebody is going out and looking for a social media manager, a dog walker, a jewelry maker, they have the option of you and probably 850 million other options, but they're going to make an emotional decision about an intellectual choice. And so if you anybody building a brand has the ability to create an emotional connection, then there is no competition. You are the only option. And that, my friends, is the power of a personal brand. Absolutely. And I always tell people this because they forget. They're like, well, I saw this social media guru say this or this marketing expert say this. And I'm like, just be human. If you are human and you're building that connection with your audience, engaging, actually caring, giving back to them, then the, like, the sky is the limit. You will then create raving fans will then buy from you for whatever you put out on the market. And so I think what happens is like everybody gets so caught up in like what to do and what not to do. And especially like when I'm starting to say like, you need to start building a personal brand because the only thing that makes you different from someone else that's doing exactly what you're doing is exactly what you just said. It's how you make them feel when they work with you or when they speak to you or when they meet you, all those things. So I think that like a lot of people, they, they're so black and white. That's like, They told me to do a certain thing. I'm supposed to be doing just this. I can't sway from that. And I'm like, you're forgetting about being like human when you are creating your brand or your business. So I really Mm -hmm. love that you, you talked about that. And I want to start, I'm going to pivot into like this year is huge. Hold Um, on, hold on. Can can we get back and and talk about one thing? Because I think though that Shelby is, you know me, I'm I'm a firm believer in like tearing down stories. And so what happens is our brain is hardwired to make ourselves feel safe. Now, feeling safe is an illusion, right? Like it's, you could choose to feel safe or you could choose to feel unsafe for all intents and purposes. If you are listening to this podcast and you are in four square walls and, you ha- and you're nice and warm or you're out on a walk or you're in yeah. the pickup line, you're safe, baby, you're safe. Okay, so without the threat of a lion without, or, or some or your family in danger, without that blaring threat, you could choose safety or insecurity. And so then what happens is if you say something and it makes me, and it makes somebody feel unsafe, what they immediately do is put you at a distance. So somebody is listening and they hear Shelby say, you just got to show up. You got to be yourself. And immediately somebody starts feeling safe, unsafe because of the psychological stories that they're telling themselves. I am different than Shelby. Shelby is comfortable. Shelby is good on camera. Jasmine has a personal brand. Jasmine is comfortable on camera. Well, number one, We don't know those things to be true because if somebody took one second and sent me a DM and said, are you comfortable on camera? My answer would be, heck no. Yes. I will do things that make me uncomfortable to get results that other people don't. However, even if you don't take the time to actually ask me that, you have to understand that 
For every person who's been told a path to success, you will come up with reasons or you will come up with excuses. Reasons why you will win or excuses why you won't do it. So if you're going to come up with an excuse why you won't do it, I'm going to come up with an excuse or a reason why you should. So somebody says, I'm not good on camera. I follow people who rarely, if at all, show their face on camera and are doing massive things for their personal brands. So we have to unwire this belief that in order to build a personal brand, it must look like Shelby or it must look like Jasmine or it must look like any other person in the world. No, it doesn't. If we see one other person who is doing something that we want to do in a way we want to do it, then the path has already been proven. The question becomes, are you going to do that work? And so I just wanted to make sure that before somebody was like, oh, well, they could do that because no, no, you're trying to keep yourself safe. So you're telling yourself a wrong story so that you can shortchange your life. And I don't have space for that. Oh, did I come in with an attitude? Did I? Did I? Did I? I mean, I don't know. Because here's the thing. I'm talking to my folk. Like you and I, like this is our folk. People who are listening to this podcast, they care about marketing and they care about business. And so I can talk much differently to this crew because we already drank the Kool-Aid. I don't have to convert you. I just got to speak to you. And so now I'm like, okay, I'm coming in at a different level. So. I was going to say my apologies, but I don't apologize. I just no, am who I am. You so. apologize because I think that they need that because there's a lot of people that I, I talk to, especially that's like, well, so-and-so is doing this. I have to do this and I have to mimic this. And I'm like, well, that's not authentic. And they're going to see right through it. And then you're going to feel uncomfortable. And when you feel that uncomfortable, then you're never going to do it again. But like in the same sense, there's so many people that look at me and they say, um, Shelby, you look so comfortable on camera. I'm getting there. But do I want to necessarily be on camera all the time? No. Like I remember at the mastermind with you, you were like, did I dance around all the time? Did I like that? Mm-hmm. Was that me? And I, and you were like, no. But if I would have never met you and never heard you say that, then I'd be like, oh, she's so extroverted. But in the same sense, you're not. You're doing what you have to do in order to be successful. And a lot of people just won't do that. Or they're like, well, I have to do this dance to this trending audio and do exactly what that person's doing because their views and their follower count. And they told me that this is what I have to do. And so that I love that you had you came in hot with attitude and you came in and you said, do not do something that you don't want to, but you have to also be willing to be uncomfortable and do right. the things that lead to success. So be authentically yourself is truly what it all boils down to. Thank you for giving me the space to kind of go on a little bit of a tangent. Yes, absolutely. So I want to talk about investing in yourself and investing in your business because before this year, I was like, hell no, I'm making a lot of money. I'm making more by a lot of money. It was like more than I made in corporate. So it was like, I have to hold on to this money. But I always heard the like the phrase, invest in your business to do better and be more successful. Like you have to invest in yourself. You have to invest in your business. And like, obviously you have created a fan of me. So it's like everything Jasmine sells, Shelby's going to buy because you did the right steps of marketing. So when you said you were going to do a mastermind, I was like, I don't even know what a mastermind is, but Jasmine's doing it. So I'm going to apply. And then I was like, John, do I apply? And I was like, okay, you know, this is literally everything that went through my head. Do I apply? But if I don't apply, then I'm going to regret not applying. But then, oh my God, who am I to apply to this? Like the whole world's going to apply. I'm never going to get in. And I'm like, holy shit, just fill out the application. And if it happens, it's meant to be. And if it doesn't, it's not. So I truly say like this year has changed my life so much. It's like a year of growth. And at the same time, I was prepared for a year of loss because of everything I did invest in and stuff. So like, what is your thought process on investing in your business? What is your advice to someone that's like, okay, I don't necessarily have the money, but like, what is like the consequences? I guess you would say, maybe that's a little harsh of a word, but that they will regret the decision of not just like taking the plunge. 
Can you mm-hmm. talk mm-hmm. on that? I, I liked how you kind of clarified you would use consequences and you're like, that might be a strong word. I like to look at it like, what is the cost? Yes. There is the cost of investing in your business. And then there is the cost of not investing in your business. Yes. And oftentimes we look at the cost as an investment going out without understanding that if it is an investment, there is an ROI, there is a return on that investment that we can't see until we've made the investment. And then there is the cost of not making an investment. So I'm going to use you as an example, may I? Yes, please. Okay. Thank you. So there is Shelby and she has a decision to make a significant decision in her life and business. And that is to invest $25,000 to join a six month mastermind, which I know, hold on. There's people who are just like, oh, I think, I think this audio just buzzed out because who the heck is paying $25,000 for six months? Yes. No, no, you heard it correct. So she made that decision and how I believe people like her in her situation would make that decision is the belief that at minimum within 12 months, she would be able to make $25,000 and $1. That, my friends, is a return on investment. And as long as Shelby found a pathway to take something she learned in six months, apply it to her business, and get change that resulted in at least $1 more, she made a smart investment. What would be the cost if Shelby didn't make that investment? She would be building her business in the exact same way. And we have to understand that what God is here doesn't get us to where we want to go. And so all Shelby did was make a calculated bet on who? Her damn self. She had to ask herself, can I make $25,001 in 12 months? And the answer was yes. Yes. And what we see from people who did that and then apply the work, because it is contingent. It is contingent. We see that the people who invested in the mastermind and did something in the mastermind to start working on the ROI. Now, you got to do the work. That's just it. Because it's one thing to be in a mastermind and learn and feel inspired. But I'm sorry, that's an investment that's not going to pay you back. Right. What I need people to do is learn, get inspired, and then do the damn work. Yes. And that is what we saw play out very clearly. Very, you go, you took action and like you ran like the wind you flew like the wind like ran like ran okay wait I want to back up really quickly can you explain because like I know when you launched a mastermind I was like what the heck is the mastermind can you give my community a little bit of insight on like what a mastermind is because I know that you're involved in a couple of them and I know your first mastermind was like whoa your investment you freaked out too so like can you give us a little insight on what a mastermind is so Now, what I see a lot of is the use of the word mastermind and people will use it differently. When I, when I joined my first mastermind, that became my definition of a mastermind. And my mastermind uh, was led by a gentleman by the name of James Wedmore, which amazingly, James came back to my mastermind to give a presentation. And did he not blow your dang mind, Shelby? Yes, he did. Pause for <sighs> a second. You know what he told me? Because you know how like in the hot seat at the mastermind, I was like, you know, I don't feel worthy of being here. I don't mm-hmm. feel um, like I belong in this room. Very vulnerable, vulnerable moment for me. And like everybody was like amazing and uplifting. And I remember talking to him. I took him aside and I was like, I really loved your talk today. You know, I'm really struggling with imposter syndrome and actually being 
meant to be here. And he said, if you don't get over your mindset of you not belonging in this room, then this entire experience is going to be a waste of your time. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so literally from that moment on, it was just like, I'm supposed to be here. I'm supposed to be in this room. I'm supposed to. So like he touched me as well in like a positive way to like change my mindset or start the process to change my mindset. So I just wanted to interrupt because I don't think I ever shared that with you either. I, um, yes. And that is a hundred percent. Like my mindset shifts started when I started working with him and I kind of am like I, an extension of that with the people that I get to work with. Now a mastermind, as it was explained to me is there is power in getting people in the room. Now the mastermind host, what they do is a, an exchange of trust that when Shelby invested and when Angie invested and when Jerry invested and when a bunch of other people invested, they didn't know who was going to be in the room, but they are making a transaction on the trust that I would be able to curate a group of people that is not just any group of people. It is a group of people who all have a specific alchemy that will collectively make each other better. That the power of one plus one isn't two. It's the power of one plus one equals 22. How does that work? Well, when Shelby asks a question, there's a good chance that half the room has a similar question. And when that question is answered, people who are not Shelby and who are not the person giving the answer had then learned. So all of a sudden we get expedited learning, expedited growth, expedited thinking, expedited pathways because we're around a collective group of people. Now, what we saw happen very early in the mastermind is I curated the group and then all of a sudden people started putting the pieces together. Like, oh, I want to meet with this person for 30 minutes or 60 minutes. I want to meet with this person. And so then what we started doing was having an exchange of communication and education that was outside of me as the mastermind host. So a mastermind is a collective group of people with similar ambitions that are willing to give and take from each other in equal proportion for scaled growth. That's a mastermind. Yes. Oh my God. So like truly everybody listening, I want you to take a step back. When I've said it so much lately, especially after the event that we just did and now I'm launching the group coaching program, is the only way I was able to do this and the only way that I'm able to succeed in this was because I was in a mastermind with people that pushed me outside of my comfort zone. If you think about it like this, Damn Good Marketing Live literally consisted of me, Jara, Casey, and my attorney, Lauren Navarre. Jerry and Casey would have never been there if I would have never invested in myself taking a chance, took a risk, and got in the room with Jasmine. I had no idea who was going to be in there. I had no idea who was going to help, and I had no idea it was going to open the doors and opportunities that it has just this year. So if I wouldn't invest it in your mastermind, there would be no damn good content podcast because I would still be sitting on it and being like, oh my God, I can't do it. That's number one. Number two, there would not be the friendships that I've formed that we still have a group text that is going on, and the mastermind ended in August. Number three... I would never have put on a freaking sold out event with people that I met in the mastermind to give back to my community because they actually need it as well. So like, wait, and then you wouldn't have launched the group coaching program. No, or the group coaching program. Like 2022, I mean, 2023 has been like a freaking year that it's like, you have to take a step back and sit down and write every every single thing that you did. Because I even separated my personal brand from my business. I'm like, Holy shit. I mean, Shelby, okay, when you talk about this, it's like, like, hold on, I want people to actually understand. So she did this cr- bat trash crazy thing and invested $25,000. Now, if Shelby were to sit down and put on paper, now you can't put the, you can't put 
the worth of a friendship or a relationship because no. the relationships and I know you went deep real deep with a few a few people who I believe honestly were, are going to be with you like ride or die for a few years and so you can't put a price on that and you can't put a price on the education and the synergy but you could dang well sure put a price on what you made from an in-person event what you what brand collateral you are going to make over time off this podcast the cost of a group coaching program and the revenue that it brings in and the way that you are building at your team differently on the back of what you learned building out systems in the mastermind all of that has a distinct ROI now if anybody here's listening is I'm pretty dang sure that Shelby has made more than one dollar in a single year so we talk about positive ROI and the beautiful thing Shelby is that I had 0.00001% to do with it it was you congratulations you like killed it kid I'm giving you kudos a lot though, but like you, you've pushed me. I'm not going to cry. You've pushed me so far outside of my comfort zone that it's like, I've listened to your podcast. I've been in your mastermind. I've stayed in contact with certain people that obviously are in it. And it's just like, what is the worst thing that can happen? I'm confident that I'm good at my job. I'm confident that I can go get another job if this burns to the ground. I'm confident that I can come up with another business decision. So really, what is really holding me back? Is it financials? Is it just fear? Because if it's fear, then that's bullshit. And it's an excuse. If it's financials, then you got to figure it out. Like we'll figure it out some sort of way because the only way you grow is if you invest in your business. And now I am like the biggest advocate of the perfect masterminds, Mm -hmm. um collaboration is freaking huge investing in your business and I just want to give back like I've been so blessed with this life now that's like turning into an actual dream because I was so miserable in corporate that now I'm like okay I have access to these people into this great great concept and goodness and all the stuff I want to bring it to Louisiana I want to bring it to the North Shore I want to give Mm -hmm. back to them and so like that's kind of where all of this evolves and I really want you to touch on the power and the magic of in-person events and just like getting in a room with people that just like think on the same level because we're it's small town mentality here I'm gonna say that with pride because it sure as hell is I remember when I stepped out and I started my company they were like what the hell are you doing you're literally gonna dance on the internet I dealt with that being told to me so much my husband's like Shelby but like they don't see your bank account so like don't let it bother you and so what is I want you to tell people like the power and the magic because it truly is magical when you get in a room of people that think like you want goals or have goals and ambitions like you like what can you give us the jasmine star advice for that well one of the things that you had said that i would probably tweak because it might open a pathway for somebody is you had said people who think like you and want the same things that you do. And I think that the beauty of getting into a room is with people who don't think like you and yeah. want the same thing. Because then what happens is I don't think that that the people in the room for the mastermind thought the same way, but everybody in that room wanted the same thing. Right. And it was in the process of how seeing how somebody who thought distinctly in systems thought and you're like, oh, I can implement that. Or talking to somebody who has a lot of experience with hiring and you're like, oh, they think differently about building a team. I can apply that to my team. So yes. with that, it's just getting people in the room. And I think, you know, if I was being real, I think my greatest regret with the mastermind was that I didn't do two live events. <gasps> we should have had, uh, we should, I just, that was like the biggest, yeah. I was like, I just wanted to kick my own arse with that. Hey, you know, it was like, it was, uh, it was perfect though. 
I know, but uh, anyway, but see, so I can, I can say that because I, I can say that with full conviction because now on the back end of it, the, the, the magic that was created by simply being in the room. And I think that after living through a pandemic, which I hope our children and our grandchildren never, ever have to say again, but after living through that, there is like this very sweet, sweet thing. It's almost like living in an Alaskan winter where you appreciate the sun so differently. It's when you come out, you know, when you go through a, a deep place of sorrow or heartbreak, you appreciate levity and love in a very different way. And so we have this like beautiful opportunity right now to experience real life connection in a way we never have done before. Yes. And one thing that Shelby, I just would love to see you go out. And when you had say, I'm just going to come out and say it's small town, it's, it's small town thinking mentality or it's small town mentality. I want you, my goal for you, my goal for you is that you become an embodiment of turning that entire verbiage around so that yes. when you say it's small town mentality, people tip their hand like, yes, it is. Yes, it is. And so in order for you to change the way a perception is perceived, you have to put out so much work content and connections. You have to become your own case study, your own testimonial. And then what happens is the people that you impact, they go out and disseminate that kind of, that kind of vibe within Louisiana. And then it starts seeping out into other areas so that when people say small town mentality, hell yeah, I have pride in that because it no longer has the connaissance that it did before. Connaissance? I think I just made that word up. <laughs> connaissance? Con I'm going to come back to this word. I'm going to come back to it. It doesn't have the same... I'm gonna come back to it. I'm gonna come back to it. I'm gonna come back to it. Listen, my dad, my dad is is an immigrant, and so he would read this thing called Reader's Digest. And in Reader's Digest, they would have a vocabulary quiz. They'd list like 20 words. And so as a kid, my dad would do these vocabulary quizzes with us so that we can enhance our vocabulary. And yeah. right now, what I wanted to do is like I wanted to use the word connaissance. And I was like, that I don't think is Reader's Digest approved. But we're just gonna roll with it. I'm gonna come back to it, girl. I'm gonna come back to it. I'm gonna find out what that word I wanted to use. Dang it. Anyway, anyway. Well, I, I truly love it. And it's love that you like touch on that because it really is. Like I used that word one time and I can't really necessarily remember what it was. It could have been like a solo podcast or it could have been something on the internet. And I got so many DMs and text messages that were like, the moment you said small town mentality, I was like, I'm watching you do it and be an example mm -hmm. for us that I mm -hmm. now want to do it. So mm -hmm. you're right that it is a small town mentality, but at the same time, at what point do you break that perception? Like I had a conversation with someone today and she's struggling with the, like there's people in her world that's like, we're not supposed to do this. It's supposed to be straight laced. You're supposed to go to work eight to five. You're not, you can't branch out. Who do you think you are? Whatever. And I'm like, but at what point are you going to break that stigma? And especially for your daughter or your, for, for your kids, where they don't have to worry about that. So like if they're going to want to go chase their dreams and be an astronaut or whatever the case they want to be, that you're going to cheer them on. But if you're not leading the way and mm. living your life and building a legacy that tells them you can do whatever makes you happy and what you're good at, then I don't, I feel like you're not going to break that stigma that is happening around you right now. And they're just going to fall into the same thing. Do you agree with that? A hundred percent, like without a shadow of a doubt. But I also think that I would come out and say it a little harsher like you can't expect your children to do what is not modeled for them. Yes. You can't expect them to follow their dreams if you're not following yours. You have to earn the right to have a child who will have the audacity to fail. And the only way you earn that right is if you fail in front of your children yes. and you get up again. Okay. That's it. 
I feel like you just opened the door for this and I didn't even ask this question or tell you prior, but I feel like you're going to share it and you'll be fine. Um, <laughs> can you think back on one of the biggest moments of failure that you've had and how it has built you into the woman that you are today where like you almost were like, I don't want to do this shit anymore. I don't know if you've ever had that kind of moment, but like give us something that's like, if people may have, are dealing with failure and they're like, I'm at my lowest of low. I don't know if I can get up from here and keep going. What would be your advice from something that you may have experienced with that? You know, we have, we have the power of choice mm -hmm. and I have no judgment on one's choice. Right. But when you choose to stop or when you choose to quit or when you choose to state down, just remain in ownership of that decision. Don't point a finger out and say that they, them, that stopped you. When you do that, you become a victim to your own narrative. Yeah, They stopped you. That stopped you. When you take ownership of saying, you want to know what? I tried. I'm proud that I tried. I realized this is not for me. You own it. You are not a victim. You're powerful in saying, I did something. I can now say definitively, it's not for you. Perfect. If you decide to pursue something thereafter, then you come back stronger if you allow yourself the power to say, uh, that messed me up big time, not again. Right. And I think that when I look, and this is like a big thing that's really come up for me this past year is the people that I look at and admire and see like the growth and like what they're able to do. One pattern that is like consistent with all of them is they move fast and they try a bunch of stuff and they don't wait for the perfect idea or the perfect moment. They just put it out there. And I think that that's been like a whole rebreaking of what it means for me if we loop it back to the top of the conversation of building a personal brand. It's like I've been so thoughtful and specific and understanding of what that is. And then so much I just want to shake off that former version and be like, move fast and break stuff, girl. Like it's yeah. okay. It's okay to do things different. It's okay to make decisions that don't make sense to anybody else. And I think that that for me has been a big decision. So after I'm at my lowest, I always say like, I'll tell JD is like, you know, when you're low. It's just like, I can't, I can't get any lower. Like nothing else, barring losing somebody I deeply love, barring that this can't get worse. Right. And if I decided then Shelby, then I'm like, I'm so good. I'm going to get a great job. Shelby, I know I can get a great job, a good yeah. job. And I know what life looks like there. I could do that. And if I did that, I wouldn't say I tried it. I couldn't get in because I was a woman. I couldn't get funding. I'm brown. I'm whatever. If I did that, I'm a victim. And I walk around like I'm a victim my whole life. But if I say I tried my damn best and it didn't end up and you want to know what? I want a different life. I am powerful. So when your back is on the ground and you're staring up at the stars and you decide you've had enough, own that story. But if you decide you're going to get back up again, own that story and say, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, we're never even going to have that answer because it's not going to happen. Yeah. Wow. I got chills. I'm so glad. Thank you so much for sharing that. That was amazing. And I know that in one of the um, mastermind talks that we did is I solely believe this too. And if I remember correctly, we kind of agree on the same thing, but I'll say it and then you can tell me if I'm right or wrong. But when I feel the lowest of lows, like I truly believe that I need to feel what I'm feeling 
to remember that like it's okay to feel this way to get back up and keep going because if I didn't feel it if I didn't take the moment to feel whatever just happened to me to make me that low of low then it's just going to keep shoving down and then I'm going to freaking burst. And then I'm going to really go haywire and say, screw this. I'm burning it to the ground. Mm-hmm. So I feel like we had one one of our mastermind talks. I feel like you did this whole presentation on why it's so important to feel certain avenues in your business, in your journey, building a personal brand and being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And I had to learn that the hard way because it's like it was literally on the back end of stuffing down so many emotions. So I have a twin sister and she is a feeler. The girl has emotions for her emotions. And I am like a a highly logical. No, it doesn't mean I don't feel, but like logic will guide me otherwise. And my logic has has done me very well in my life. But there is a problem with being too logical is that when things continue to compact, you will absolutely have a breakdown. And that had that happened. And it took that for me to start doing some serious deep work with coaches and therapists and like allowing myself to feel things. And, you know, a couple of days ago, and I hate, I want to just be very careful. I hate talking about it. Like it was a thing that happened and I got over. I think that in a certain way, and it seems like very big to say, but in a certain way, when you struggle with depression or when you struggle with an addiction to work or when you struggle with anxiety, I don't ever think like, oh, poof, I'm done. I just think very similar to going through AA is that it's an active journey of checking in with yourself and saying, am I on the right path? Like, right. is this the healthiest version of me? And so, yeah, it's been, a, it's it's taken a lot. And a couple of days ago, I was having a conversation with my sister and she had said that, I, I, and I said, I think I just have a hard time feeling things. Like I look at myself and I say, that version is a sad person, but I'm going to continue to work and it's going to be fine. And yeah. she said, it's not that you don't have a hard time feeling. She's like, you feel deeply for other people. She's like, in fact, you take on somebody else's fears or anxieties and you could tell them something that is so true because you feel it deep in your bones, but you have a hard time extending that same level of yeah. grace and commitment to yourself. And so that's been the big push this year for me to say like, can I talk to myself the way that I would talk to Shelby if Shelby was in the same situation? And I think that's been, that's been the work this year. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you sharing that too as well, because a lot of people don't necessarily like to get vulnerable and say like certain things. And I've always been an advocate since day one, like getting online was like, I'm going to 1000% always show up authentic and unapologetically myself. So like, there's moments I'll showcase where I was crying, but then it also shows the breakthrough of like how I got through it or I'm just like an open book, obviously with caution, but like to share like the journey of entrepreneurship and building an online business because in reality it's lonely and it's hard and it's something that's so different from regular entrepreneurship that's a brick and mortar in my opinion because they don't necessarily know the mindset you have to have in order to put your life out there on the internet. And so I think that that's like huge just to share that, that aspect of things. So thank you so much for, you know, being wrong, vulnerable with us. But I, as we wrap up this uh, episode, I really want to ask you one last question. And it's really just kind of like, I ask everyone kind of okay. what they would, what they would say. But if you could go back and tell your younger version self one thing, what would it be? It's actually been the the same thing. Like I've been asked this question now. I've been probably in the game like 15 years as a business owner. And probably people have been asking this question for like the last 10. And it's Mm -hmm. pretty much taken the same form. 
and it's it's going to be okay. It's going to take longer than you think, and it will look different than what you believe, but it will be better than you ever imagine. Oh my God, you're going to make me cry. Holy crap. Why are you so good at this? Okay. <laughs> Y'all, though, this has been an absolute dream come true from 2020, seeing this woman on stage, lighting a fire under my butt for me to leave corporate. I remember a long time ago, I shared with her my podcast name and she was like, hell yeah, but that was in 2021. I wasn't ready. Got into her freaking mastermind out of 2000 applicants. There was only 15 of us have formed such great bonds, launched my podcast, launched a freaking uh, conference and a course like Jasmine, like you truly, you need to give yourself credit here too, because where credit is due, yes, you put a fire under my ass, but at the same time, you are the reason why I'm doing all of this because for you, you. the right people in my life. So for you. Thank you. Thank you, Shelby. I feel like this podcast, it's just like at the time of this recording, we look back at 2023 and we look forward to 2024 and like I said during the mastermind the greatest thing that I could have done in 2023 was selfishly surround myself with a group of brilliant kind amazing giving powerful women so thank you for saying yes thank you and so much thank you so much guys if y'all like this episode please remember to like share leave us a review um, and tag us on Instagram and but until next time let's freaking get it thank you Jasmine 